Yeah. You, you start a business, you start a podcast, you start whatever. You're yeah. going to get punched. Yeah. There's going to be hits coming at you from all different directions. You don't have one opponent. You've got a bunch. Right. right? You step in it knowing you're going to get hit. And, and, and you say, well, I'm going to train so that those hits don't knock me down. And if they do, I'll get back up. And I'm not I'm not going to run from this. I'm going to face it. You know, I'll tell you, uh, buffalo is different from cattle because the buffalo, when they see a storm coming, they run toward the storm because they believe if they go through the storm, they, they're in the storm shorter amount of time. Cattle, when they see a storm coming, they run away from it. So the storm catches up to them. Now they're running with the storm. They can stay in the storm a whole lot longer. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show, a show dedicated to helping men become all that they are. As always, I'm your host, Son Stevens, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Father, author, entrepreneur, Dr. Amir Rashidian. Amir, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm so glad to have you on this episode. I'm really, I've been looking forward to recording this specific episode for a while, ever since we had our first meeting, because I found the topic so interesting. And I think that it's going to be on a concept that nobody's ever, that nobody really speaks about, especially in the way that we're about to speak about it today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad to be here too. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So before we just before we jump into the value, we want to just give a brief description on what you do, your journey this far, um, and what you're, you know, here to talk about today. Yeah. So so keep to keep the story short, I was nine years old in, in a small village in in Iran. We were just traveling and and I saw a woman because of birth complications slowly pass away in her husband's arms. And being a little kid, seeing that, I decided I wanted to become a doctor and save lives. And uh, 10 years later, um, I was a student at George Washington University, and, and I was getting ready to go down the path of, you know, medicine and medical school and all of that. And I went home for Christmas break, and my dad had a thick neck brace on, and you could tell he was under some influence of some serious painkillers, and he had lost function of his arms, both arms hands were numb. He couldn't lift his arms to even give me a hug to say hello. And so we spent the next six weeks going from doctor to doctor to trying to figure out what is wrong with my dad. Every doctor we went to said, this is way beyond my scope. You got to go to this other doctor. Finally, we ended up in a neurosurgeon's office and the neurosurgeon took one look at my dad said, you needed surgery yesterday. We're going to lay you down, slice you open from the base of the skull to the bottom of the neck. We're going to break and remove the bones in the back of your spine, take pressure off the spinal cord. We're going to put rods on the sides, screws, fuse your whole neck. You'll never regain. uh, You'll never be able to turn your head. You may not regain function of your hands. And there's a possibility you won't survive the surgery. Dad was 70 years old at the time. And uh, so, so we talked to three neurosurgeons. All three said, you need surgery. We got in a taxi to go home. And I'm sitting in the back of the taxi carrying dad's medical records, MRIs, X-rays, CTs. And dad sitting next to me, I looked over at him and he was just cringing because I could tell every bump that taxi hit was sending this lightning bolt of pain through his entire body. Looking at him, I could tell he wanted to die. And I got all emotional, just like I did in that village when I saw the woman passing away in her husband's arms. And I'm feeling the same emotions. And uh, this, I got a little teary eyed and, and this taxi driver in his rear view mirror looked at my dad and I in, in the back and he said, sir, 
I noticed you're in a lot of pain and I know you asked me to take you home, but there's this chiropractor right down the street and I've heard he can help people like you. Would you like me to take you there? So I, I said no, because I was a 19 year old who knows everything. Most 19 year olds know everything. Uh, dad was wise and he was terrified of surgery. So he said, let's go. And so we end up in the chiropractor's office. Long story short, dad had to go there about six days a week for the next six months. So it's pretty intense, but he didn't do the surgery, postponed it. At the end of six months, he had full use of his hands, could turn his head, no pain, no medication, no surgery. And I decided, man, I want to be a, I want to be a chiropractor. So changed paths and went that route. And uh, here I am. Dad lived to be 88. He lived long enough to stand next to me as my best man. When I got married, he lived long enough to meet my first son when he was born. So, man, I, I owe the profession a, a whole lot, and I just want to give back. Wow. That's an incredible story, first and foremost. I mean, that is, is to go through all of that at such a young age, like, I can I couldn't even imagine. So, obviously, you just said that was one of the, or those, both of those events were some really significant points in your life that kind of just gave some direction and clarity on exactly what you wanted to do. And I love how, I love how the story or your story kind of progressed from first when you were nine years old, witnessing, you know, the first event and saying like, I know for sure that I want to help people and, you know, be a doctor and go down this doctor route. And then that second event kind of shaped exactly how you wanted to help people and, and what you wanted to do. So I love that. That's, that's incredible, man. So thank you. Yeah. So, so let's get into, let's get into the value of today's episode and Let's just let's just jump let's just jump into it, man. Using stress to essentially 10x your performance, your life. So just the idea of 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 managing stress, of using stress again to to elevate your performance. And it's such a it's just such an interesting concept. So let's just jump straight into it. So first and foremost, I know we have a bunch of listeners like me at first when, when we were having conversation, like, what like stress? That it sounds it sounds crazy. So I'll let you just jump into it and explain it. So first, how do you define stress? Very good. That's the best place to start. You know, I, I've studied a lot of successful people, a lot of great athletes, a lot of entrepreneurs. And here's one thing they all have in common. They have a very different definition of stress than the rest of the world. Mm. But see, most people don't succeed. Right. So if you believe what everybody believes, you get what everybody else has. Right. So if I can convince you before I even tell you the definition of that stress, if I can get you to just open your mind and be open to this, because the people who are successful and have the things that they want, not only do they have a different definition, of stress, they have a different relationship with stress. And here's the last part, which you're not going to like hearing. They never, ever focus on reducing stress. That's not their main focus. Mm. Now, the rest of the world is always trying to reduce stress. So here's the definition of stress. It's a force that causes change in your life. Mm-hmm. Very simple. It's a force that causes change in your life. Stress is like gravity. Gravity keeps your feet on the ground, but it can cause you to fall and get hurt. Right. So if it wasn't gravity, nobody would fall. Nobody would get hurt. So you go, is gravity good or bad? Well, it's still good. It keeps your car on the road. It keeps your feet on the ground. It keeps your house from floating away. Fire, it can cook your food or it can burn your hand. Is it good or bad? It's neither. Right. Money can put your kids through college. It can buy you things that you want, but it also funds terrorist activities and leads to destruction. You can't say money is good or bad. It's how you use it. 
anger is another one of those things. You know, uh, as a, as an athlete, some of some of the audience knows that you can actually use anger to excel in what you're doing. Right. So it's called righteous anger. But then sometimes that anger can be destructive because it can lead you to do things you're going to regret later in life. It's still a force. So is stress. It's a force that will cause change in your life. Mm, mm, I love it. And it's crazy because as we like for me personally, as I've progressed in my journey, you start to realize how many things have been given the a negative connotation. And it's really just up to the person who's who's interacting with this force, be it money, stress now, different things like that. And and applying that to my journey after we had our first conversation. And I, I originally told you, I was like, I was like, man, like, you know, I'm running my company right now. We have a few different employees and, you know, I don't feel stressed at all. Like I have a pretty, I have a pretty heavy workload and I don't feel stressed at all. And I actually am just looking to expand. All of my thoughts are about expansion, expansion, expansion. And stress has never been something that's came to my mind. But after having conversation with you, putting it into perspective a little bit further, it's like it is just a force. It is a load that I'm looking to I'm looking to take on. I, I don't see it in a negative. I don't see it in a negative way. And like you're saying, so many other people who have visions of success and who are you know, want to be high performers, look at it in this same way. And so what we're what we're working to do is encourage our listeners and our audience to begin to broaden their or strengthen their capacity for stress. And because it, it's one of the it's one of the ways that we can really achieve high level goals and live the life that we want to live. 100%. That's well put. Increasing capacity for, you, you know, the, 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 one of the biggest reasons people fail to achieve their goals, their dreams, their aspirations as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, or, or, or as someone who wants to climb that corporate ladder, it doesn't matter. One of the main reasons is because they're not equipped to handle the stress that they're going to face. At one point, somewhere along the way, they go, okay, now it's too much. I'm going to quit or I'm going to stop growing. I'm going to stop expanding. But if you train, like you train for a fight, uh, you know, whether you're going to step in the octagon or the or the boxing ring, doesn't matter. You train for it like you're training for a fight. Now you can handle it. You expect it. You're going to know, you know, you're going to get punched. Yeah. You, you start a business, you start a podcast, you start whatever. You're yeah. going to get punched. Yeah. There's going to be hits coming at you from all different directions. You don't have one opponent. You've got a bunch. Right. right? You step in it knowing you're going to get hit. And, and and you say, well, I'm going to train so that those hits don't knock me down. And if they do, I'll get back up. And I'm not I'm not going to run from this. I'm going to face it. You know, I'll tell you, uh, buffalo is different from cattle because the buffalo, when they see a storm coming, they run toward the storm because they believe if they go through the storm, they they're in the storm shorter amount of time. Cattle, when they see a storm coming, they run away from it. So the storm catches up to them. Now they're running with the storm. They stay in the storm a whole lot longer. Wow. I never knew that. And that's incredible. Like, oh, man, like I, I really never knew that. And that was see, that was an adjustment that I had to make in, in recent years. And everybody at some point when you get serious about really achieving goals that you put your mind to, you have to make that adjustment. Right. You have to say, like, this is going to be tough, like whatever it is. It's going to be tough and you just got to face it head on. And that's like a conscious, that's like a mindset that, that you have to, that you have to adapt. Like 
when I see something like, uh, for example, with me, and I'm going to drop an episode actually on my morning routine later, but one of my morning routine, um, one of the things that I do for my morning routine is I take a cold shower. And I'm sure you know the benefits of, of taking a cold shower, of course. So one of the things that I do is take a cold shower and it's that that cold showers to me are one of the most practical ways to like put something like that. Right. You know, the benefits, you know, it's going to be tough. It doesn't get easier. Like the, the the water every single morning is it's always cold. Like it doesn't feel warmer throughout the week. It's always freezing. But it's just something that you have to say, like, this is it's going to be tough. And you just got to push through it like you just have to push through it. And so I I incorporate that in my morning routine because I want to start getting to the habit of we're going to push through every single thing there's nothing that's going to be there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing what i set out to do on this day yeah 100 and it, it's a it's a battle you're going to fight every morning because yeah. part of you always says don't do it you did it yesterday you don't have to do it every day take a day off whatever but you got to fight and do it and here's one other thing which you do uh uh really well is you keep the promise you make to yourself because the night before you go to sleep, you're going to tell yourself, I'm doing this tomorrow. And then you keep that promise. See, that's called self-confidence. Now you have confidence in yourself because you kept the promise you made to yourself. Sometimes mm -hmm. when our confidence is lacking is because we keep breaking promises we make to ourselves. We yeah. say, I'm going to get up at four and go for a run. Four o'clock comes, you sleep till five. Now you broke a promise. How can you possibly have confidence in yourself when you break a promise to yourself? Yeah. You're achieving so much by doing that cold shower in the morning. Oh, man, that's that's incredible. And I'll just leave it at that. And I want to use that to transition actually into our next question, which is how can we begin to grow a larger capacity for stress? Like Very what are. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Just yeah, absolutely. So, so simple thing. So the gist of it is the, the, you know, 2000 foot view is there's three dimensions to every stress. Mm -hmm. There is a physical, there's a chemical, and there's a psycho emotional component to every stress. Mm -hmm. So you have to improve all three simultaneously. You mm -hmm. can't just improve one, you know, people who say, Hey, I'm going to you know, improve my life. So I'll start exercising. And all they do is address the physical component and they exercise and exercise, but they don't get the results that they want. If their goal is lose a few pounds, they may lose a few pounds. They gain it back. It just doesn't go anywhere. Their body doesn't change. Now, what if they address it from a chemical and a physical dimension? They're also eating right, reducing toxicity and they're exercising and they go, okay, I'm still not getting the results that I want because, um, you know, I see small changes, but this other guy in the gym, he's looking a lot better. He started after I did. Yeah. It's because you didn't put in the mind power into it. I see these women in our gym. They sit on the exercise equipment like the like the bike or the elliptical. And they've been there for, I've been going to this gym over 10 years. The same women are on the same equipment every morning for an hour. They're sweating, but their bodies haven't changed. You know, I think it's because they're watching TV while they're pedaling or they're reading a magazine while they're pedaling. So their mind is somewhere completely different. You ever get on a treadmill next to me, you're going to hate it because I'm whispering. Yeah. You'll hear me talking to myself and, you know, and you, you, you it'll distract you. But yeah. what am I saying? Hey, this is why you're running. This is where you're going. This is what you're going to get. You deserve this. You're going to fight for it no matter what. So my mind is on it. And what what did all the greatest bodybuilders on the planet ever tell us? 
is that mind-body connection or mind-muscle connection is key to building muscle. You have to be aware of the muscle. I see that these other people in the same gym, you got the trainer and the trainer says, all right, give me 12 reps. And they're doing the exercise halfway through the 12 reps. They're talking about what they're going to do that night for dinner and where they're going on the weekend. I go, that's not a set. Yeah. <laughs> Your mind is totally somewhere else. Yeah. Now the good trainer will say, focus on these muscles. Right. Visualize them growing. Visualize right. them getting stronger. Put mm -hmm. some energy into it. We know that you can, there's been so many studies where they put electromyogram leads on muscle and they'll say, imagine you're bench pressing and you'll see more blood flow to the pecs and the pecs actually the resting tone of those muscles increase. Wow. You've got people like uh, figure skaters, Olympic level gold medal figure skaters. How do they train? I think they spend at least 50% of the time going through their routine on ice in their mind. Mm. Why? Because when they're visualizing the routine, they don't make mistakes. Mm. They don't fall. Wow. And so they train mind, body. They train the uh, firing patterns of their muscles to do that mm. in their mind. And then when they get on ice, because here's what happens. And they've done the studies with piano players, right? They, they give you a little, uh, uh, let's say, classical piece to play, and it's a difficult piece. And you start playing it. And this one note you miss, you make a mistake. Well, if you play through, you just programmed your mind to make the same mistake every time you play that piece. And that's why people who play music, they have this one spot in that one piece. They're like, every time I get to that, I miss that note. It's not even that hard. Well, you just programmed yourself, wow. right? You're supposed to stop and go back and yeah. replay and don't pass through until you get it right so you can program yourself. Visualizing where you're going, what you're doing. In fact, that's one of the steps yeah. of being successful and handling stress and increasing your tolerance and capacity for stress is you got to visualize it. Visualize where you're going and what it's going to take to get there. See yourself doing it, not act like you've already done it, because sometimes we make the mistake of visualizing the end. You want to run a marathon. All you do is visualize running through the finish line and getting your trophy. Mm. Well, then you're going to tell your body, I already did it. Why should I work so hard? I already did it. Yeah. No, you visualize the start line. You visualize the first mile, second yeah. mile, the 26th mile, right? The last point two mile. Yeah. And visualize all of that. Visualize yourself kicking into second gear, going past that wall you hit, hitting yeah. a runner's high, finishing strong, right? Yeah. Now you're going to do it. So visualization is one. Um, yeah. I've got a list of them if you want to go through all of them. Yeah. So, so, so let's get it. Let's, so let's get into the second one. So first I love everything that you just said. And one of the main ideas that are sticking out to me right now is the idea of comfort, right? It seems like, and, and with a couple of different examples that you just said, it seems that we are setting goals for ourselves and somewhere along that path, we're getting comfortable. And so for example, again, if we're talking about the, the fitness in the gym or, or whatever, the person who maybe their goal originally was to was to build muscle. Let's is very vague, but build muscle, right? And they get on the bench press and they hit a let's say they weren't able to bench 200 pounds or 215. And now they're able to bench that, but they stop there. And because they weren't able to bench it before, they've gotten comfortable at benching the 215. So now every time they go to the gym, it's just 215, 215, 215. But 
you can go above and beyond that. And and like what we just said before, that was kind of their, that was their limit. That was as far, that was as much stress as they could take, you know, at that time. And so that applies to so many different things, right? We have to have higher level goals and stick to the higher level goals. And as that relates to comfort, opposed to being, or instead of being comfortable with our new abilities or our new our new found capacities, start being more comfortable with being uncomfortable because that is going to be what takes you all the way to, to this goal that you have through the next one. If you are able to be comfortable being uncomfortable, then man, there's, there's absolutely nothing that, that you won't be able to do. 100%. And you know, Bruce Lee, you know, the, the martial artist, he said there are there there are no limits only plateaus right and and that that 215 analogy and example is is a plateau you hit a plateau and you get stuck there but it, all it is is a plateau it's not a true limit the yeah. true limit is something we probably won't realize very few people reach their true limits in life yeah oh man that's incredible so let's get into the let's get into this second one and then and then we'll move into because I'm I'm curious and I want to know what well we'll, we'll save it. Let's get it. Let's get into this. Uh let's get into the second one. So we spoke about okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll let you take it from there. So so uh yeah, you know, I'm gonna run through a list with you. Like well, sunlight is is critical. Early morning sunlight is the best sunlight, it's got the most UVB, which is the most helpful. Uh spend a few minutes outside in the sun every single day without you know, suntan lotion without glasses, without makeup, you know, um, without lotions, just just in the sun. Mm -hmm. Tremendous improvement because what's sun, when the sun hits your skin, you convert cholesterol to vitamin D. Cholesterol and vitamin D have almost the same exact molecular structure. So the sunlight makes your skin convert that. So most people are vitamin D deficient. If you can't spend time in the sun 10 minutes a day, then, you know, definitely supplement with vitamin D, but notice that you are not converting cholesterol to vitamin D at that point. It's still good, not as good. Um, toxins, a lot of us, you know, if you're an athlete, if you're, if you're uh, fit, you, you understand the importance of eating right, proper nutrition, but, but you have to also reduce toxicity. So reducing toxins in the body is huge. Sometimes it's as easy as adding cilantro to your diet. Cilantro removes heavy metals from your body, helps your liver detoxify you. Um, every once in a while, I do a little fast. It detoxifies you. So very, very simple things. Um, but exercise is powerful. Exercise is so powerful. I think exercise is more powerful for the mind than it is for the body because Absolutely. there's examples of people who like just, they don't really exercise. They just think they're exercising and they get better. Um, you know, the study was done with the housekeeping crew at a hotel. Yeah. They divided them into two groups. Like they had a hundred housekeepers and they told them, you know, when you clean these room, these hotel rooms, uh, it's not enough for you for it to be exercised for you. You're not going to get much benefit. It's not true physical activity that quantifies that qualifies as exercise. Mm -hmm. The other group, they said, listen, you're already cleaning these rooms. If you put a little extra elbow grease in there and, and you work a little faster, a little harder, it's the same as exercise. Just make sure like you're cleaning with this hand, then clean with this hand as if you're doing sets 
and reps of exercises and you'll get tremendous benefit. So they sent them out to clean the hotels. And like a few months later, they checked them. The people that thought they were exercising, their body composition improved. The people that thought they were not exercising, their body composition did not improve. Wow. It was just the mindset. Wow. So um, exercise is critical to break through barriers. So if you're busy, entrepreneurs are busy. I mean, when I was, even now, I mean, there are times where I only have a few minutes to eat my lunch and a few minutes for dinner. And, uh, you know, and I try to squeeze in that exercise, but to get to the gym, I got to get up super early in the morning. Otherwise it's not happening, yeah. but I do it. But part of it is because I know when I break through barriers in the gym, I'm going to be able to break through barriers in other places. Mm, it's, yeah. it's about, see, see, victory attracts victory. Success Absolutely. attracts success. You right. can control certain things and you can't control other things. You can't control that client who says no when you're trying to sell them something. Yeah. But you can control yourself. So yeah. you take charge of the things you can control. Same with that cold shower that you do. Um, music is powerful. You know, sometimes we get in this rut where we get negative and we get depressed and we start to expect the worst. Mm-hmm. Play some music and get in the zone. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful. You've got every athlete has their song, right? Um, I, I, I think it was in a book called Relentless. Uh, Tim S. Grover was the uh, trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. And he said, Michael Jordan would get in the zone and he would say, don't touch me. So like before games, everybody's high five and he's like, don't touch me. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. You're going to mess it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. Like every time before I record a podcast, I'm always playing music. Like before every single time while I'm waiting for a guest to come in, I'm always playing music, man. I'm just because I'm just focused. Um, for me, actually, and it's interesting because even because I have a background in competitive sports. So for me, my music, I used to listen to I used to listen to jazz before I before I would uh, play a game or or anything. I would either it would be jazz and or and then followed by the jazz, it would be no music. And then right before, while we're warming up in the court, it would be more exciting music. But even to this day, still jazz is like my go-to, like instrumentals, that's like my go-to. And so I, I think that just goes to show everybody has like their own unique, you know, or or different kind of style of music that they want to listen to before that before they get in their zone. But everybody has it. And yeah. you know, for me, it's 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 huge. Like it's it's a ritual. Every time I, I have a podcast episode, that music is always on before the guest comes into the into the lobby. Yeah. See, see the thing is, it, it takes you back to a time in your life where you felt invincible, yeah. where you where you felt like a winner. And then you bring that state because I firmly believe who you are determines how well what you do works. You got to be the person before you can do what you need to do and have what you need to have. Most people do it backwards. They go, when I have this, then I'll do this and then I'll be this person. It's backwards (laughs) and it never works. So that's why getting in the right state is powerful. I had an aunt see me. She got diagnosed with breast cancer. They said, you're going to die in six months. She She came to our house, played some music, started dancing. She said, if I got six months, I'm going to dance every, I think it was actually six weeks, six weeks. I'm going to dance every day and celebrate every single day. And she did. And while she's going through treatment, she got really weak. She could barely stand up. Two people had to hold her up by the arms and she would like bob her head and tap her foot 
same song. She played the same song every day, once a day and danced to it. Well, six weeks later, she wasn't dead. She started to recover. 10 years later, she died of the cancer, but she lived a good quality 10 years after her diagnosis that they said she's going to die. And for the entire 10 years, she played that song, got in the state, danced to it and believed she was healing, believed she was getting better. Wow. And uh, so, so, so um, music is, yeah. is powerful. Sometimes yeah. you, you go to a wedding, there's the table in the back that all the old people sit at. And this one song comes on and they all look like they got so much arthritis. They're going to break if they stand up. Yeah. But when the song comes on, they're jumping. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come to life. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's insane. And I think it, it, it just goes, it goes to show you how powerful that, that spiritual, mental, physical diet really is in the, and the levels that there are to it, man, the levels that there are to it. Like I was just talking with a, with a friend of mine and we were just talking about some of the biggest adjustments that I've personally had to make since taking on these, you know, bigger loads, like with the podcast, with the company and everything. And he was just asking me, he was like, what is one, what is, what, what is one of the biggest adjustments that you've had to make? And I told him, I'm like, man, my, my, my physical, spiritual and mental diet has been, has been better than it's ever been. Like I'm so conscious about what I'm taking in and what I'm putting out because that's huge for me too. Like I can't, for example, like I can't even critique like, like another, another person or like hate on another person or put negativity out there because it impacts my, again, physical, mental, spiritual diet. Like those things are important. So I'm very, I'm very careful about my wording with things. I'm very careful about what I subject myself to when it comes to the music that I listen to, when it comes to the books that I read, the people that I have conversations with, all of those things have been huge for me. And of course, the obvious things like what I eat, what I, you know, how, how often I work out, but those things all play a factor in your performance across the board, across every aspect of your life. Those things play such a huge role. So I just wanted to emphasize that because these are things that I'm currently living right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll play classical music before I, uh, before I eat lunch. You know, I told you sometimes I only have five, 10 minutes to eat. Yeah. The less time I have, the slower I eat. And it's like counterintuitive because you're like, you got to get the calories in there. No, you don't. Yeah. You got to be in the right state to receive food. Just like you got to be in the right state psycho-emotional state to step on the court or on the field or go into that business meeting or go into the sales meeting, right? You got to be in the same state to receive food because how, so this is going to sound kind of weird. Yeah. It's not what you eat that makes you healthy. It's how you eat that makes you healthy. And mm. here's what I'm in France. I, I spent three weeks in Paris with a friend of mine. We were hanging out with the locals the whole time because he lived there. Yeah. And uh, every meal takes like two hours. Right. Dinners, lunches take two hours. In kindergarten, they tell the kids, uh, don't eat so fast. Talk to your friends. In the U.S., whether in kindergarten, they tell my kids, stop talking. Eat your food. Yeah. Totally opposite. Wow. So now France is immune to heart disease. There's no obesity. There's no heart disease in France at all. Like maybe a little bit here and there, but you, you go to France. If you see someone who's obese, they're probably a tourist. They're not yeah. French. 
Yeah. They don't they don't gain weight. It's because they eat in a right state of mind. Wow. So when I'm busy, think about this in a state of fight or flight, you're busy, you're rushing, you know, you got another appointment you got to get to, and you can't relax and calm down. You put any amount of food in your mouth, that food becomes poison because your body's not ready to receive it in fight or flight. Digestion slows down and the immune system is suppressed. Mm. Blood is leaving your intestines and going to your arms and legs for running. That's why you have dry eyes, dry mouth, dry skin, cold hands, cold feet, constipation, and frequent sinus infections if you stay in fight or flight long term. Wow. And that, you also have tight tension in your neck and yep. headaches. All yep. that. And high blood pressure. All of these things. Now, the minute you flip the switch, how do you flip the switch? Play some classical music. Put your food in front of you. Eat nice and slow. When time's up, pack up your food, put it away, and go back to work. And wow. now that food, even if it's not the healthiest food, it's going to nourish you properly because your body is ready to receive it. Mm, uh, that's incredible, man. So I'll just leave that there. And let's just jump into this last and final question, which we kind of touched on throughout the conversation. But what will having a higher capacity for stress result in? You know, it, it, it'll make you invincible. Mm, I love it. Because the, the only way to fail is to quit. Absolutely. And, and so if, if, if you're able to go one step further, um, a, a minute longer, a day more, and you don't stop and you don't quit on your dreams, you're going to make it. So it's about being able to tolerate that stress yeah. uh, and mental, physical and biochemical resilience. Uh, yeah. biochemical resilience has to do with your immune system you know when let's say you're getting ready for vacation i bet you the week before you go on vacation you work three times harder and you put in more hours because you got to get everything right make sure everybody's got their job especially if you have employees and organizations to run and everything else you're like i got to make sure everything's in order so you work harder and longer and the first day on vacation you come down with a head cold or a sinus infection is because you allowed your stress to go above your tolerance for stress. But if we're constantly focusing on increasing our ability to handle stress, now you don't get sick when you pull an all-nighter. I, I, I know for a fact you've pulled all-nighters. You yeah. have to, to be as successful as you are. You got to do it. There are times where like, okay, I just can't sleep. Cool, let's go. But you don't want that to make you sick because then next time you want to pull an all-nighter, you're going to be hesitant. You can't do that. So recovery is huge. Another thing is, and this is all in my book, if you want details on it, how you sleep is more important than how much you sleep. Mm. If you sleep well, you can sleep less and work more and still make it. Now, long term, you got to get that sleep. But there's so many things you can be doing. Making the room colder when you're sleeping or right before you go to sleep. Dimming the lights at a couple hours before you go to bed. Making sure the room is totally pitch black, dark. Um, you know, and another one is chiropractic care. I'm a chiropractor. I know when you take pressure off the nervous system, take pressure off the brainstem at the top, you get more blood flow to the brain. So you yeah. think better, you breathe better, you, you perceive information better. Everything works better. So interference in the nervous system blocks your ability to process stress, whether it's chemical, physical, or emotional. So mm. yeah. all of that. So I call it stress proof. That was the title of my first book. You become stressed when you increase that capacity, you become stress proof. It's like wearing a bulletproof vest. The bullet might hurt you, but it won't kill you. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's going to block it, right? You put on this stress proof vest. Now the stress might slow you down, 
but it's not going to take you out of the game. Mm. So with all that being said, man, I just want to leave our listeners with one really important thing to think about and something that I've been thinking about through this whole conversation. And you actually touched on it is we have to stop thinking that external things are going to carry us through rough times and through now what we're saying or classifying as stressful times. It's all about you. Everything that we said in this episode are all things to better your tolerance for stress and to make you a stronger individual. All of these things are investments that you put into yourself. So the moment that you stop realizing that it's all about you and you think that it's you know about your money or whatever it is, something external, you're actually you're actually neglecting yourself and your tolerance for this stress diminishes the more that you think that it's about something external. So with all of that being said, focus on investing in yourself and growing your tolerance because no matter what happens around you, the external, the different external factors, you, as you said, will become unstoppable. And if you're unstoppable, then what happens around you doesn't matter because you're unstoppable. So whatever you put your mind to will be completed. You will always be good because there is nothing that can stop you. So let's just, I just want all of our listeners to remember that, especially our listeners who have those high level goals and who want to live that king life that we speak about and want to create that that significant impact in the world. That's something that you always have to remember. You are always the source. You are the source. You will always be the source. So invest in yourself because that is what's going to make you truly unstoppable. So with all that being said, man, I just want to give you the space to leave a place, a couple of different places where they can find you, um, check out your book, all of that. So so leave all that information here and I'll put it all in the in the description for them. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, my book is called Cracking the Stress Secret, How to Turn Pressure into Power. It's found on every in every bookstore, Barnes and Noble and Amazon included. Um, our YouTube channel is called Real Chiropractic. Uh, lots of information like this on there. And um, Facebook, uh, you'll find us Mid-Atlantic Clinic. Uh, my website is drrashidian.com. And, uh, I, you know, if I were to summarize everything for you in one sentence, I would say how successful you are and how far you go depends on how much stress you are willing and able to safely handle. Mm, I love it. So everything that he just said will be left in the description below. Be sure to check that out. Be sure to read the book. Be sure to visit the website because it's a ton of great value. So with that being said, that concludes today's episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. Peace, Art of Kings family. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a listener of the Art of Kings podcast show, we ask that you do three things to help us further our mission and reach as many men as possible. First, if you feel it is appropriate, please leave us a five-star review as it would greatly help with our ratings and help to get the podcast out to more people. Second, if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at underscore Art of Kings underscore. That is the official community for the Art of Kings podcast show, where you can interact with other listeners of the podcast and receive special updates about future guests as well as future episodes. Finally, please send the podcast directly to three people who you feel could benefit from our messages. The Art of Kings is a movement intended to help us men become all that we were meant to be, all that our families need us to be, and all that the universe calls us to be. 
If you find our episodes valuable, please send the podcast over to three people with the hopes of spreading the message and furthering the movement. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll see you next week. Peace. Oh,